You are listening to Our Urban Voices with Dr. Alphonse Javed, a podcast that presents Christian narratives through diverse voices that impact urban ministry. Here is your host. In this podcast, we cover everything from churches and church planting efforts, mission and missions organization evangelism, and unreached people groups, emerging movements and initiatives, justice, current events related to faith, and the persecutors to author interviews, and more. Let's get to it. Hi, uh, I'm so glad that you're here with us. And... Uh, um, I love our friendship. We have known each other for so long. And uh, I just wanted to give our audience to hear from you directly. Introduce yourself and tell uh, us who you are, how long you've been around uh, on this planet. Not, no, that's not what I'm asking. Uh, in this city. Uh, we are recording this here in New York City. Uh, I am sitting in Manhattan. Um, on the corner of 57 and Broadway. And uh, my friend Michael is right now in uh, Queens, I believe. So go ahead, uh, Michael. Well, I'm uh, Pastor Michael Herbert. I'm the Dean of New York School of the Bible. And I'm also the full-time pastor of Chinese Evangel Mission Church of Queens. Um, I'm... uh, I was uh, born in London, England, uh, of uh, West Indian parents. My mother was from Barbados, and my father was from Trinidad. Um, and uh, but I was born in England, and then moved back to England, moved back to uh, Barbados, and lived in Barbados for 12 years. Then moved back to England for another five, and. Um, eventually left England in 1981 to come to the United States to study to get my, um, my degree in accounting. Um, in the midst of that, I came to faith and, um, um, you know, the Lord redirected my trajectory for life. And so I ended up being in ministry. But in uh, being a ministry, uh, pastoral ministry and working in you know, numerous accounting jobs and started seminary in um, while I was uh, going to school in Texas. Um, but I came to New York City in 1999, August 19th, 1999. And um, I came here to be a part of uh, a church plant, New Song Community Church, uh, a multi-ethnic, um, uh, multicultural church that was um, affiliated with Redeemer Presbyterian Church. And uh, I was a part of that for about two and a half years, then left there to go back to seminary. I wanted to finish my Master of Divinity. So I um, became a a member of um, First Baptist Church of Flushing. Um, And I was there for seven years and eventually graduated from Bethel Seminary of the East, my Master of Divinity. And uh, Bethel Seminary of the East had a, a bit of a, uh, um, they had a New York campus. And when I graduated from the New York campus, they asked me to be the center director. So I did that for two and a half years until um, the um, center, the New York center was closed down Bethel just couldn't, you know, they couldn't 
keep up with the extreme expense of having a, a center in New York. Um, but while I was doing that, I also became the pastor of um, Fellowship Bible Church. And of course, you've spoken at our Fellowship Bible Church a, a, a couple of times, I remember. And I pastored there for 10 years. And then um, after 10 years, um, you know, I resigned from that position and uh, I felt like the Lord was uh, really taking us to a, a new uh, part of the journey. And uh, I, I had a sense of calling to, you know, multicultural uh, ministry and cross-cultural ministry. And so uh, I left uh, there and um, maybe for about a year, I was doing a lot of interim speaking, a lot of teaching. I was teaching at New York School of the Bible for 10 years. And then uh, before I knew it, I was being offered the position of uh, being a pastor of uh, Chinese Evangel Mission Church of Queens, which is an uh, American-born Chinese uh, congregation. We, uh, our, our services are in English. I'm the English pastor. The English congregation is the dominant congregation. So, um, you know, once I became pastor there three years ago, in 2018, uh, April 2018, soon after that, after I became pastor there, then uh, Pastor Mike Villardo retired from New York School of Bible, and I was um, I was uh, asked if I would consider being the the dean of New York School of Bible. So, uh, you know, soon after I became pastor CMCQ, then I became dean. Uh, I accepted the, the offer after some prayer and contemplation. And so that's what I'm doing now. I do these two jobs. Uh, you know, my full-time job is pastoring and my part-time uh, job is uh, being dean of New York School of Bible. But that's just on paper. They're both full-time jobs. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you do do a lot. And uh, I know that because I've seen you um, throughout these uh, years serving the Lord in New York City. But what I want to do right now is to talk about, talk about some of those challenges that a pastor faces. So let me ask you a simple question. Is it easy uh, to find a pastoral job in New York City? Is it easy to, to uh, find an opportunity somewhere to pastor a church in New York City? Well, uh, um, that's, uh, that's a question that, uh, that's a difficult question to answer because it really depends on, first of all, what kind of church you're looking for. Uh, and, uh, and second of all, your theological position. Um, um, because there are all kinds of churches in New York, as you would imagine. We, we are a metroplex area, but I will say this. If you are a person of color and you have a master of divinity or, um, uh, and experience, um, there is a, a wide open market for um, they're looking for ministers. The problem is, is that sometimes the churches that um, 
that you will find are, that are available, they're not a good fit for you because everybody is, um, tends to be a bit segmented in our city and everyone kind of stick, sticks with their own tribe. My, um, my particular niche was that I was looking for uh, cross-cultural ministry and there was not many opportunities for that. There was not many opportunities. Most of the churches that um, I interviewed for um, were really not open to cross-cultural ministry. They were particularly geared towards a, a specific um, ministry or a specific uh, ethnic group, which is okay. But, you know, that was not my kind of my lane and my niche. So there were, there were not, there are not many opportunities for that in the city, which is surprising, but um, no, there are not, there are not many opportunities for a minor. Yeah. So, so, so other than those factors that you just mentioned, uh, uh, and I, I still, I still see uh, you are saying that there are not many opportunities, especially meeting uh, what Correct. you're looking for, Correct. right? Okay, so then uh, my second sub-question of the same uh, uh, concept would be, uh, should a pastor expect to get paid well or moderate or uh, just enough that the, the pastor is going to have to get a second job um, or uh, none of the above? What, what what is what is in your experience you have done so you have like so many yeah. experiences and part of that experience right now you're working with pastors who are students right. your students right at, at NYSB and you have had uh, over the period of time so many friends uh, who are in mm -hmm. uh, ministry and I'm just I'm just wondering if a, if a pastor is considering and he is uh, listening to this podcast and he's like, you know what, Lord is calling me to go and serve in an urban setting. I'm going to go to New York, sell everything and trust the Lord. And oh, yeah, this small little church uh, in um, in some neighborhood in the Bronx is uh, offering me a job. I'm going to go and serve. Should this person think about his family finances what 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 are the what what it should be watching well I, i'll for? tell you this um regardless of even the even um the most willing church um churches are struggling financially in the city and so, so with the exception of a handful of large churches the average church that you will encounter in new york city you're going to have to either have a second job or you're going to have to have the ability to, to raise um, funds. Um, so I would, I would say if you're coming from out of town and you're coming to New York City, um, you, you really need to know, just come with an open mind that uh, God does provide, but the provision may not come in the form of necessarily uh, a full-time salary um, initially for for a pastor. However, some uh, most churches I, I that I have encountered that are established churches, um, they have some kind of budget for their pastor. But in some 
denominational settings, they don't actually pay the pastor a full-time salary anyway. They they raise money for the pastor in you know in a number of ways. You know that the offering on Sunday morning, a portion goes to the pastor, or or they have fundraisers for the pastors, pastors' anniversary in the black church. Many churches don't pay their pastor a, a salary per se. Um, it's um, pastors' anniversaries where they, you know, they raise money and they raise money from the pastor has to take other preaching opportunities and speaking opportunities. So uh, I, I would say that any pastor who's coming with a family, that you 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 know, I, I think you have to be practical and just say yes, you're coming by faith, but also come knowing that God's provision may not come in the form that you are accustomed to as, as in a full-time salary. So you may have to raise money or um, have a part-time job. And certainly most of the families I know who've come to New York, uh, pastoral families, the wife comes knowing that she, she will probably have to work. Wow. So I, I, I wonder how many people knew uh, about this. I, I mean, I thank God I work for a church that is able to pay, but I also work with uh, um, a large number of uh, uh, pastors, ethnically minority mm -hmm. pastors here in New York City who are uh, either driving taxis in the morning or uh, doing some sort of work. And then in the evening they go do their visitation right. and on Sunday uh, they um, preach. But I think when you're coming from outside of uh, uh, New York City, where the common practice is right. you have budgets and right. you have salaries and uh, it, 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 it's hard to imagine uh, the life of a pastor in New York City. So are you telling me that then a pastor who is contemplating to take uh, New York City as his mission field or uh, a place of work where he wants to um, serve, he should have the, the mindset of a missionary where he's willing to uh, commit to uh, be a sacrificial uh, family, right? So pastor means he's bringing his family yes. with him um, and then willing to raise his funds or um, and uh, uh, not. So part of the thing I think I'm thinking as I'm talking, I'm thinking through part of uh, uh, the problem I see is um, New York City is a very demanding mm -hmm. city. So if I am the one who is coming from outside in this city, even though I'm willing to sacrifice everything financially, I'm willing to take another job. But do you think it, I will able to do a good job here in New York City while I have a, a job where I <laughs> I supposed to work in order yeah. to get paid? Yes, I think um, you can. You, you see yeah, my struggle? I, I see the struggle, but uh, I also know realistically that is the struggle of, uh, of uh, most people in the city, uh, with the exception of a handful of, you know, churches. I, I'm very blessed that I'm uh, pastoring a, a congregation that, um, you know, we're, we're, we're middle-class congregation um, that has been very thoughtful and 
um, and prudent with um, with finances and resources. You know, we own our building. We don't have a, a, a mortgage. We don't have any high overheads. Um, um, but even with that, we, we have to, you know, we, we've taken a hit. Uh, so I can even imagine what all the churches that are, you know, working class churches when half your, your congregation um, through the pandemic, because of the pandemic, were not working overnight. And, uh, and you still have to pay bills. You know, I know a couple of churches that were church plants that they signed new lease and new, um, new rental agreement with uh, a, a landlord. And then the pandemic came and, and now, you know, you're, you're, you can't even meet in the building, you, you see? Um, so how do you sustain that? So yes, a pastor coming to this city unless you know that the church is solid and, and secure financially, um, is um, you're going to have to be entrepreneurial. And uh, that I know a number of people who've come to the city and they've done well, they've done well, but they had to be entrepreneurial. They had to be, because they are, they have limited time um, um, as part-time pastors, what they do do uh, very well is that they delegate very well. They train people very well because they're not available to do everything. So um, it means that they have to work well with other people. And I actually have found the pastors that are able to do that, who are able to train people and, um, and um, not be power hungry. Um, they do very well, even in part-time by uh, vocational ministry. So let me take um, a different route, church oh, yeah. planting route, right? <laughs> so you said when you came here, uh, when you started the ministry back in uh, 1999, nine you were part of a church plan that was part of the redeemer church planting mm -hmm, movement mm -hmm. right um so i know for a fact because i have we we sh we have few mutual friends who are part of uh, uh, redeemer's uh, church planting mm -hmm. uh, initiative that pastor Keller launched as he was announcing mm -hmm. his retirement because he was raising funds so i got to speak to so there is uh, i did not dig uh, deeper uh, into that but the idea i got out of that was uh, so there's a two sets of churches the the, the under under the umbrella of Redeemer. So the one set of churches is that are funded through this fund that Pastor Keller and team raised, right? So they don't have to worry about, I met with one of the pastors who is recipient of that, um, those uh, funds. And part of the reason was, I just wanted to hear from him what's going on, how is his church plan? And he said, thank God, I don't need to worry about money. I don't need to raise money because uh, um, the organization is taking taking care of that. But at the same time, then I was like, okay, so why such and such person is not? He said, because uh, in the first phase, we have X amount of churches that will receive complete funding and the other were not. So I think that was the gist of that conversation. So now let, let me ask you, um, do we need to, so it's a twofold question. One, 
um, if you're planting a church here, do we need to be a part of some network in order to start a church here and hopefully receive some sort of funding? That's one. And two is, um, or as the spirit leads, and that's uh, reason second part, I'm bringing the second part because I know ethnic pastors, ethnically minority pastors, nobody told them there's a network. They didn't know that there are networks. They just had a community uh, of their uh, uh, background, where they come from, and they just started. For example, a pastor from Pakistan saw a community in a Pakistani community up over there in, um, in Brooklyn area. And uh, he started a church there. So basically planted a church. And he doesn't call it planting a church. He's just like, oh, um, I started the church. So those are two things. Um, uh, one is uh, should people be looking for church networks to plant a church? Or should they be looking for what is it that God is calling them to do? And led by that vision, come here and uh, uh, start um, a church. I'm saying it's not either or, it's both. Um, because there, there will be some, there are some unique individuals who have capacity. Um, and I, and I said, those are only a handful who have capacity to come and you put, you put them in any city in the world, they'll get something going. They have a, a real apostolic type bent. You know, I, I'm not I'm not using the word as in, uh, um, you know, they just have this apostolic band that they can go uh, anywhere and start something. And they they're people of faith, but they're actually also people who are very resourceful and they have not acknowledged that um, very resourceful, uh, very um, driven and very um, uh, independent. Uh, in in their thinking. Um, however, the the issue with that for me is that those that's only a handful of people. Most people that come to New York City to start a church, um, um, it's 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 folded within five years. Seventy percent church plants in New York City fold in five years. So I think that um, for most people, the most prudent thing and the best thing to do is to come to the city uh, um, following the vision of God, but that once you get here to understand that ministry in, uh, in New York City is quite different than ministry in a suburban area and ministry even in other cities in the United States. I've lived in Dallas, uh, Texas. Uh, I lived in Dallas, Texas. I lived in Fort Worth, Texas. And both of those were, uh, cities were different. Um, but there, uh, New York City was even more different. And I lived in London. And uh, London uh, and New York City are similar, but they're still different. New York is just a, un, a, a very unique animal. Uh, and, and so yeah. I would say that mm -hmm. it would be prudent for you to come to New York City and become a part of a network, even if it's not an, uh, a network that's um, uh, a denomination, because that's different. If you're a part of a network, then at least you have accountability 
you have some shared resources, and you can receive some training because none of us knows everything. None of us knows everything. And then some people are really great at planting a church, starting a church, but they're really not very good at growing a church and stabilizing the church because uh, it, then it takes on a different form. And they, they're, they're the kind of people who, you know, they, they love to start things, but, you know, five or six years, the entrepreneurial the, uh, spirit is not what's needed now. What's needed now is a pastoral spirit and an ability to train people, to grind it out, to grow a, a congregation, to grow leaders, to release leaders, and to at the same time, to continue to be a church that's uh, not just um, uh, inwardly looking or, or, or outwardly looking. It has to be both now, right? It has to nurture those that you have, and then you have to continue to be evangelistic uh, because that's what got the church started in the first place. But now um, you can easily get comfortable with what you have and you stop looking outwardly and you just become inwardly focused. Wow, that's extremely wise and uh, i think that is one of those debates that continues whether it should be focusing on the believers who come inside for is the sunday service to edify the body of uh, christ the believers or uh, is it uh, is it is the service for the seekers or those right. who have yet to come to christ thus you have uh, uh, mega churches focusing on attractional model where they um they focus on welcoming seekers and their most of their energy is spent on that. And then you have the other side uh, of the extreme that completely dismisses such approach and they just want like, no, I just want to stick to the Bible, right. teach the Bible. And yet uh, they continue to lose folks. And we have a couple of those churches right here in New York City who were committed to the to the word, but mm -hmm. they... Um, they became so inwardly focused that uh, yeah. over the period of time, their number dwindled from hundreds, if not thousand, to just a yeah. few members. So that's true. And and then there is this, uh, even Pastor Keller, uh, toward the end of his uh, pastoral ministry here in New York City, he continues to be a, a strong leader in the area of uh, church planting and several other initiatives. But toward the end of his uh, pastorate here, before retirement, even he adopted a different model for church uh, uh, growth rather than having one mega yeah. church with the sort of like, you know, campuses, satellites. So I know that uh, it continues to be an issue even in the city. Um, being a tractional, traditional church that my church is, Calvary, uh, we are uh, actually switching the same way. We are focusing more and more on discipleship um, while keeping our eye on the outward uh, uh, things too. That That is to do more outreach, missions, be more evangelistic. So, Michael, as we close, brother, I want to ask you one last yes. thing. You ready? Tell me a joke. <laughs> oh man! I listen. I, I have too many uh, to you, you. You caught me. Uh, you caught me off guard with that one. That's that's good. I uh, I, I think uh, 
I've had so many funny things happen um, recently, but I, I think that a funny thing that just happened just a few days ago was that, you know, I, you know how we are doing so many things on Zoom now, and you know, you dress from um, from the the you know from the waist up. <laughs> waist up, yeah, you waist know, up, yeah. You, you have to be really aware of the fact that you know. Listen, um, and remember, you're not dressed from the waist down, at least not to be seen on camera. So I was get I was, I was leaving a meeting uh, on Zoom, and I, I had my uh, my pajama pants on and some slippers. Uh, I mean, I was dressed. Uh, please, please don't get me wrong. But I was in such a hurry to get down to the church uh, for my next meeting, down to the church building, <laughs> that I, I jumped up uh, and I put my coat on and I grabbed everything. You know, I packed my computer, um, you know, put it in the bag. I got my coat on. I ran downstairs and I was about to go out the door and I think my wife was coming in. Um, um, or, or something, or someone that I knew was coming in. And they said, where are you going? And I said, oh, I'm going to work. And they said, you still have your pajamas on. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, oh, man. Uh, you know, I had, I had everything packed. I had it ready. And, and I forgot oh, I had my pajamas on and I had my uh, slippers on, you know. That's it. That's a good yeah, one. So I love it. That was my. Joke I love it. <laughs> Were you late from uh, the meeting? No, man. Uh, you know, thank God I had. You know, I I was able to. Um, you know, I laid my pants and everything out. I just forgot that I hadn't put them on because the Zoom meeting was pressing, so I had to. I had to get on yeah. camera. <laughs> thank you so much. That's that's definitely something. Yep, it made me laugh. So I hope uh, the audience laughed too with you. Uh, with that, it comes to end this at least this episode. And uh, as always, I'm looking forward to our next episode next week with our next uh, guest. Until then, God bless you all. Blessings to you, bro. You've been listening to Our Urban Voices with Dr. Alphonse Javed, which presents Christian narratives through diverse voices that impact urban ministry. Please check back for new episodes every week.